Hey guys, what's up? It's Tyler. Let's get the ball rolling. Well, it has been quite a while since I've uh, published a podcast. I've been super busy. As uh, my listeners know, I was able to go to Portland, Oregon. Um, I, was, I was married in the last couple weeks, two weeks ago today. And I've been super busy with that. I was able to go up to Portland a week before the wedding. We were able to spend time with my wife's family. We are able to do a lot of cool things there, see a lot of awesome things, go on a lot of awesome hikes. I love the Pacific Northwest. Uh, if you guys have any time, no kidding, you guys need to go up there, check it out. One of the cool things that I was able to do uh, over that little break that I had from when the semester ended here, down here in, in southern Utah, and by the time I got married, started working, got back, got everything settled into our new apartment, I was able to go to Oregon State University. Now, uh, I have been on a lot of college campuses. I've seen a lot of college uh, football games, basketball games, baseball games. I've, I've, I've done a lot, right? And I will have to say Oregon State has one of the prettiest campuses. I'm going to give them a little bit of a shout-out. I was able to go there. Uh, I'm an undergraduate right now. I'm going into my final year uh, of studies, and I'm looking, hopefully, to move on, move forward with my career, uh, looking at graduate programs, and I was, was drawn to Oregon State, and it is absolutely beautiful. If you guys are ever, like I said, if ever in the area, any you have a chance to go to, anytime you have a chance to go to the Pacific Northwest, stop by Corvallis, Oregon. It was super pretty, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, to start off today's uh, podcast, I just want to let everyone know that today's podcast is a little bit unique. We're not, I don't have an interview set up with a football coach. I know the last three, I've been focusing on the Big Sky Conference and uh, trying to get their opinions, their, what they think that they're going to be, where they see their team going in 2019, uh, strength of schedule, stuff of that, of that nature. Uh, I'm going to transition here to a little bit more of uh, talking about my opinion. I'm going to have a couple of guests on the show today. We'll have to call them in, uh, see if we get any callers out there as well. Um, anyway, but so it's going to be a little bit different than what you're used to. I'm currently working with Sacramento State and Oregon State uh, University to hopefully provide you guys with more in-depth interviews with them. I've reached out to a few more uh, schools. Let's, we'll see if I can uh, end up getting some of the, the big names on. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get Dixie State uh, University down here in, in St. George, Utah. Uh, UNLV, uh, who's in Las Vegas. Hopefully, I can set up an interview there. And anyway, so there's a lot of things coming on the show. Today's going to be a little bit different, just a little bit more talking. And uh, we're going to be able to transition this. Uh, we're getting really close. Uh, this entire week, my entire Instagram feed, Facebook feed was 100 days, right? We're, we're 100 days away from the kickoff of college football. And that is a time to celebrate and to love because I love college football and I I cannot wait until we are back at it, going at it once again every Saturday. I mean, I even love it when it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then, you know, football, NFL football on Sunday. Love football season. I love the fall. 100 days away. But anyway, we're going to kick the, the, the episode off, and we're going to start off with a question. All right, guys. So to, to kick off this, this episode... Uh, I've been thinking a lot uh, with regards to kind of the situation of sports right now. Uh, the last Super Bowl, 
the current NBA season and this upcoming college football season, upcoming NFL season, you know, I've just been thinking about uh, sports in general, right? And there's a word that we always use in sports, and that is dynasty, right? Oh, you know, you win three straight uh, NBA championships, you're a dynasty. You go to so many, you're a dynasty. Uh, but I, I actually researched I researched the definition, and I kind of wanted to get more of a an, an idea of why we might use this. So dynasty actually comes from as a Greek origin, right? So it was during the Greek time. So before the Greeks, they didn't ever use dynasty. We know that, like for example, the Egyptians, they wouldn't have used the word dynasty. That is that is Greek term. And then so from Greek, it passed uh, through late Latin, which would have been during the Roman Empire. They would have used this word as as a dynasty, the Roman Empire, right? We might even you, I feel like they're kind of uh, you can use them simultaneously oh it's an empire it's a dynasty right and it says uh, a dynasty by nature first off is a line of hereditary rulers of a country or a succession of people from the same family who play a prominent role in business politics or another field so that might be it and so i was thinking about it. i said okay what is what what are we going to be talking about with with dynasties what what might be a dynasty so i started researching in uh the the world history and it said the biggest the biggest dynasty uh, ever the longest dynasty ever was the ottoman empire the ottoman empire ruled from 1299 ad to 1923 ad which would have been uh i mean that's over in the turkey area uh it went all the way into africa all the way in almost well it went to budapest almost to vienna um if you guys are a little bit uh if you guys know your geography it, it covered a lot of the european continent there were a lot there was a lot um and so th- this was the biggest dynasty you might have talked about uh you might have thought about the british empire if you guys are thinking about dynasties as as well uh they said that the sun never set on the british empire that's because they once when they started exploring i mean they had they obviously had us in the 13 colonies they they had found canada they'd found um Australia, New Zealand, they founded, you know, South Africa, the, 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 the cave down there, they went, they were over in India, they were in Egypt, they, they, they were, they explored everything, uh, the British Empire, and so when I was, this is just some of the, 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 the great empires or dynasties in, in the world, and, and we're going to transition a little bit to talking about dynasties in sports. Now, if I say a dynasty in sports, you might think straight up, you might think of the Boston Celtics. You know, they had a dynasty from 56 to 86. In 30 years, they had 16 NBA titles. Now, that, I mean, we look at, I mean, you want to talk current dynasty, you look at them, the, the Golden State Warriors right now. I mean, they've gone to five straight finals, right? Now, these guys, they, they went... In 30 years, they won 16 titles. Now, I understand that's back when basketball was a little bit different, and there's always that argument that basketball is more different now. However, that was a dynasty. Another one you might think of, you might think of the Packers in the 1960s. You might think of the Cowboys in the 90s. You might even think of, you know, the Steel Curtain, the Steelers, uh, uh, early 70s to about mid-80s. You might think of the Patriots right now, a dynasty, right? They're, they're, they're always there. They're they're always playing for it. This is a dynasty, and um, 
or you might even think of you know Showtime Lakers. Whatever your sport is, you probably have a dynasty that that is talked about, right? It's, it's a team that wins consecutively year after year after year after year. Well, in college football, everyone talks about dynasties, right? And a lot of people refer to Alabama as a dynasty, right? They that Nick Saban has built this empire, this dynasty that 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 it is more it is rare for them to lose. It is they've just they're light years above uh, the the competition, and I, I really think Alabama they are they they definitely are or were a dynasty, but I am going to to throw this out here, and I. I think I, I mean I'm just throwing this out there again that if we look back at, at it, if we look back, you know, ten, fifteen years from now and we look, say, okay, Alabama, yeah, they had five national championships. They were they were a good team. You know, they, they went to a lot of national championships. See, they played for it. They were they they're a good team. But are we gonna look back in ten, fifteen years and we're gonna say, Now that was an Alabama dynasty, which, you know, rightfully so, they won five, or are we gonna look at it and think during that Alabama dynasty spawned the growth of a dynasty, and that is of Clemson. Now, I think that I'm, I'm going to go with this. I think Alabama had a dynasty. I think that they're, they're a great football team across the board. Nick Saban knows what he's doing. He has all kinds of accolades year after year. He has, you know... He has people up for the Heisman. He has people getting all kinds of, of individual awards and the national championship, SEC championship. Those guys definitely were a dynasty. And I want to talk about it uh, coming up a little bit later in the show. But I just wanted to throw that out there because I personally think that we are in the midst of the start of a Clemson dynasty. And I will, I will let you guys know shortly after this ad break. Okay, uh, we're back with Get the Ball, Ball Rolling uh, Sports Podcast with Tyler Fessler. So earlier in the show, if you guys are just joining us, uh, I talked about how I believe that Alabama had a dynasty. We are actually in the midst, in the beginnings, uh, well, I guess midst, of a Clemson dynasty, right? They've won two national championships. They're starting to, to, to get going, and I'm going to explain why I believe that. Alabama was, had, has been through... Some coaches, right? Uh, the most famous, Bear Bryant, uh, won a ton of national championships. Uh, going forward, we're going to fast forward to the year 2007 when, at, when Nick Saban took the reins as the head coach there. And in 2007, they only went 7-6. and six. They, they played for the Independence Bowl, and they beat Colorado. Now, it is difficult, actually, to, to beat Alabama in the postseason. They are extremely good. They're extremely good in the regular season too. We're 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 not even going to to discredit that. However, uh, in two thousand eight, they did lose to Utah. In two thousand fourteen, they lost in the college football semifinal to Ohio State, who went on to win it that year. Uh, they lost in the college football championship to Clemson in two thousand sixteen, and they lost in two thousand eighteen to Clemson. They actually got worked pretty good by Clemson, sixteen to forty four. This last national championship, uh, so. But if you look at their national championships, right? Saban comes in. You uh, always, I always say the rule for me and how I'm going to judge a coach is usually their third and fourth year. I want to say that because when they when they inherit a, a program, it is really easy uh, to be bad. I guess uh, you don't have you're you're going to come in with your own 
personality. You're going to come in with your own plays. You're going to come in with your own staff, right? Everything that is set up is you're going to have, and it's going to be your stuff. And they're not going to be the kids that were recruited. You're not. You're not going to have any recruitments, right? You're not going to have any any commitments that that these people. Um, that that you can work with. I mean, they're they're going to be talented. I mean, at a, at, like if Nick Saban, you know, said he was going to quit tomorrow, Alabama's still going to be a talented team. Now, are they going to be as talented unless you know, unless it was somebody in the Nick Saban system? But if they pulled someone from the outside, it's really difficult just to step in and be really good. So when you see that, or if you see people have success with their with the. Uh, with the kids that they had, it really was it was the coaches before. Uh, I always look at I think the perfect example of this not to not to discredit John Gruden, but I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and those those the people that were drafted in the GMing and everything for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that won the Super Bowl that was really Tony Dungy's people. That was John Gruden's first year. He, he you know he he was he might have you know he'd been around football and stuff like that, but that was his first year. That was really I I would argue that that was Tony Dungy's Super Bowl. So. Uh, so he came in, goes seven and six, not not anything super hype, just seven and six, and then he starts rolling. He goes twelve and two in two thousand eight. Again, lost to Utah. Uh, that was when Utah. Uh, also, I, I live here in Utah, so uh, the fans here they really thought they should have been in the national championship. Uh, that was the year Florida was there. Florida was really good that year. Uh, anyway, uh, they lost. That that Utah team was extremely. Um, extremely talented, and it was a really, really good team. I'd say that you know everyone likes to liken UCF uh, to like the mid majors and stuff. Uh, Utah, I feel like was on a different level. Utah at the end of the season was ranked third. Now, I personally think they should have been second, but they were third in the nation. They were amazing. Brian Johnson, I mean, he was just an amazing quarterback, uh, coached by Kyle Winningham. I mean, Urban Meyer was before that. That was the fourth year, so you could argue, you know, it was a little. It helped to have Urban. Urban Meyer's kids, like he recruited Brian Johnson, but Kyle Winningham ultimately put it together and got a winning program. But they ended up losing in 2008. Um, and then they go, this is where it starts, right? They go to three national championships. They win three national championships in the next four years. They win in 2009, they beat Texas. 2011, they beat LSU. And 2012, they beat Notre Dame. So, and they, I mean, they, they, thumped Notre Dame 42 to 14 it, it wasn't even a game I believe that was the year with Manti Teo and uh and that squad for Notre Dame but Alabama just completely obliterates right and then there's I like to call it a little bit of a switch this is where college football changed right for years at least for a few years it was always just one versus two in the national championship that was that was the idea right well B, uh, BCS national championship we're going to play the best two teams in the land they're going to play for the national championship well um, in 2014, we know as a media, we were calling, we want four teams, right? We want four teams. Uh, we want to expand it. We want to have games. And I think it, it honestly was spurred because in 2011, Alabama played LSU. Those were two SEC teams. And I really, I mean, I remember the media going crazy. Like, how can we have two SEC teams from the same side of the SEC playing the national championship. That doesn't make sense, right? Everybody was was talking about that. Um, but they, they, they did that in 2014. There was a little bit of a switch. Now, I want to say that just because it, it expanded it. Now you had to win two games to be a national champion. You don't have to just win one game and call it good or just have prepare for one game. You got to prepare for two different teams if you want to be a national champion. Well, they lose in 2014. They lose to uh, Ohio State, which went on to win it. And in 15, they end up winning it. They they beat, they again, thumped Michigan State and ended up beating Clemson by five in 2015. 
Uh, they go to the national championship in 16 and lose to Clemson. We all remember uh, the the pass, right? Uh, what was it? Fourth down, last few seconds, throw the pass, little out route into the end zone. Alabama loses. Clemson wins, upsets the 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 dynasty, I guess if you if you want to call that. They they ended up winning, and then. Um, they go. They go in seventeen, and they beat they they beat Clemson, which was you know everyone talks about it round. I believe that was round three versus Clemson. Oh no, sorry, that was round. Yeah, that was round three where they beat them twenty four to six in the Sugar Bowl two thousand seventeen, uh, and they end up beating Georgia. Which I mean, without Tua Tagovailoa. I honestly don't think they would have. They would have won. I, Georgia was playing out of their minds. That adjustment. At halftime, putting him in, taking Jalen Hurts out was amazing, and and will go down, I think, as one of the best coaching moves to win a national championship because uh, Tua just just shredded them right. And then last year they play in the Orange Bowl, they beat Oklahoma. I kind of feel like they they let off the gas a little bit towards the end. I mean, you kind of saw Oklahoma start rolling uh, with Kyler Murray and stuff, but uh, let off, and then they ended up getting they got beat they got beat pretty bad against Clemson. So if you look at it and you're going to think, well, I mean, they're playing for it, but it was a lot easier back in 2009 through 2012 for Alabama to win. And and, and it's the same thing like it is with the NBA. When you got to prepare, and now it's not not the same team, but you got to prepare for different teams in a little bit of, in a short amount of time. I think it's, I think it's a week, but that 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 is very difficult to do, and I think that's where Davo Sweeney has excelled. Uh, so I'm going to look at now. We're going to look. We're going to switch it. Just we're going to talk about Clemson, and we're going to I want to explain my justification, right? So in 2008, uh, Davo takes over uh, as an interim coach. He win. He goes four and two. Uh, loses in the bowl game, the the Gator Bowl to Nebraska, and he really doesn't have much success. Until 2011, where he gets his first uh, 10 win season, uh, loses in the Orange Bowl against a very talented West Virginia team with Geno Smith and Tavon Austin. Kind of got worked. And then it's like like something completely changed in 2012 for Clemson. Uh, they go 11 and 2, they beat LSU, right? 2013, 11 and 2, they beat Ohio State. 14, playing the Russell Athletic Bowl. They went 10 and 3 that year. Wasn't the best year, but they go 10 and 3. They beat. Oklahoma in the Russell Athletic Bowl. And then they finally throw their hat in the circle of the college football playoff, right? And every single year, we're always talking Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. I honestly think Clemson is very undercovered as far as the media goes. So Clemson, and they uh, play for it in 15, where they lose to Alabama. They play for it in 16, which they beat Alabama. 17, they lose to Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, right? We, we I remember seeing that. And then last year, they beat Alabama in the college football playoff. Now, these are two giant um, college football powerhouses coming together, and this is, this is where it's at. But I want to say the reason why I think that Clemson is now taking the dynasty, that we're going to look back in 10 years from now, we're going to think, hey, maybe that was a Clemson dynasty instead of an Alabama dynasty. I honestly think it's because of this you look at the recruiting numbers up until uh 2014 uh from 2009 to 2014 alabama recruiting classes were off the charge alabama has never been under saban has never been outside of the top five in recruiting as far as recruiting goes we know he's an expert recruiting we know he gets the kids out he goes in i think he goes in 
guns a blazing, hey, look, we're gonna, you're going to be playing for a national championship. And he can offer that. However, during that time, you know, when he's winning all the national championship, you know, number one recruiting class, number three recruiting class, number four, number one, 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 all the way down, right? Clemson was a completely different story. What Dabo's first recruiting class was number 36 in 2009. That was his first time. Helm at the rain. He was recruiting the people. That was that was only number 36, and Alabama was number three at the time. And then you look at it, okay, uh, 2011, he had a, he had a good, uh, he had a good recruiting class. It was number 10. It was, had been his best so far. Well, Alabama was number one, right? And then you go, and as you go down up until 2015, they didn't even break the top 10 in, in recruiting classes. In 2015, they finally break it. They're number nine recruiting class where Alabama's number one. In 2016, they had the 11th best recruiting class when Alabama was number one. And that's in 2016. I mean, in in 2016, they win it. Now, that was the recruiting class of that year, but they win it, and they're only the 11th best recruiting class. And then they come back for the following season. They're only the 16th best recruiting and Alabama's still number one. And you're like, okay, well, how is this How is this possible? How can they get people out if they don't have uh, the recruiting numbers? And, and, and they're not – I mean, Alabama's just this dominant force, yada, yada, yada. And then it kind of changes a little bit. This is where, like I said, I see it. In 2018, Clemson moves to seven and Alabama goes to five. Now, that is that is extremely significant because now, I mean, Alabama was so dominant. There's other people lurking, uh, people like Georgia, like Texas, like LSU, uh, you know, like Oregon. In that year, in 2018, um, you, you can just kind of see a little bit of a change. Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, USC were ahead of of Alabama there. Clemson sitting down at a modest seven, right? And in, in 2018, uh, they win the national championship. So then we're looking forward. Okay, 2000, 2018 is over, right? 2019, this recruiting class, the freshman of this year, Clemson only has the 10th best recruiting class, right? How? How? They, they won a national championship. How do they have number 10? Alabama is number one, which, you know, you might be saying, hey, we're going to go. We didn't win a national championship. We need you to move it. I don't know what Saban's pitch is, but that is something, right? But now in 2020, Clemson is number one. And I'm going to look. I want to make sure because I think in uh, – let me check the numbers in 2021. Uh, numbers aren't, aren't, aren't out for 2021 yet, 100%. Um, Miami is the only one that has a couple commitments. Uh, but obviously that's going to change when that rolls around. 2021 is still a ways away. But 2020 uh, is pretty close. I mean these are juniors in high school that they're talking to. And Clemson already has 11 four-star commitments and and as five, they have four five-star commitments. They're beating Alabama right now at their own game. It's switched. Personally, I think it has switched. Clemson has now made their mark. Davo Sweeney has now made their mark. You know he got a big contract. You know that he is uh, a renowned coach now. People are looking at him. He's a fun, youthful coach. He was a wide receiver at Alabama. That's his alma mater. However, here it is. This is it's it's just like the wheels are 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 turning. And I think, like I said, when we 
when we look back at it, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I honestly think Clemson from now on, they're going to be, they're going to dominate and we're going to look at it and go, holy cow, Clemson again, Clemson again, Clemson again. And that might be due to the fact that the SEC, um, there's beginning to be a lot more parity in the SEC. I mean, you look at Georgia, uh, coming up starting to make a name for themselves right they were always the ones that could never get it done they were always the ones that were so close under mark rick they i mean they they didn't play for a national championship under him but now uh it's kind of switched there kirby smart in his third year 21 and 7 as a record you know winning all the time uh same thing you kind of have florida on the rise they were able with dan mullen they go nine and uh they went nine and three last year they end up beating michigan in in the game uh in their bowl game uh you look at South Carolina even South Carolina is not playing bad uh they go uh they had kind of a down year this last year but a couple years ago they were good Missouri kind of on the up and up uh you have Auburn who despite a disappointing season last year I mean they played one of the you know one of the toughest uh schedules but despite you know a little bit of a disappointing season going seven and five uh they're playing great they're kind of you know and then you have uh let me look one more time oh Jimbo Fisher that's that was the name I was looking for for Texas A&M they're kind of all coming up and we can't forget Ed Oregon I don't really know how to say his name but uh, LSU these guys are starting to play and I think that might be due to the fact and you look at the you look at the ACC as a whole, I mean, Florida State did have a down season, and, it, and it's sad to say that they uh, they had such a rough season not making a bowl game. Uh, Willie Tagger is supposed to get that turned around, but you know, Florida State, down. Uh, Boston College, 7-5 and five last year. Louisville, 2-10 last year. Uh, I personally think they'll, they'll be back. Bobby... Um, uh, last year was headed by Bobby Petrino, but I think they'll they'll play a little bit better. Uh, even you look at NC State down last year. Wake Forest six and six. Uh, Syracuse, the Syracuse Orangemen went nine and three out of the Atlantic. The Syracuse Orange, they I mean they haven't they have gone they haven't been to a bowl game. Let me let me check my stats since 2013. And these guys go nine and three. Great success story. Dino Dino Babers. Uh, I'll give. I'll give you the the credit for coaching uh, that, and then you look and you go over. You're like, okay, well, let's look at the other side of the conference. Okay, Miami seven and five last year after a really good year uh, under Mark Rick. I mean, he obviously has quit now, and uh, but you know, seven and five next. Uh, North Carolina two and nine, Duke seven and five, uh, Virginia Tech struggled this year, uh, Georgia Tech seven and five, Pitt. 7 and 5, Virginia 7 and 5. So you look at it and you're going to start thinking, okay, well if Clemson is going to have this this dominance, if Clemson's going to be um can do that, you got to look around the schedule. If they're going to play eight conference games, you know, if they're playing teams that are 7 and 5, they have a lot better of a chance to continue this. Now, obviously we know that there will be coaching changes, there will be personnel changes, there are going to be people like, you know, Mac Brown going to North Carolina that might spur a little bit more uh, competitiveness, but Clemson is utterly dominant in the ACC and will continue to be dominant for the foreseeable future, um, two, three, maybe even four years down the road, we're still going to be talking about them. And you look in the SEC, you think, okay, Alabama, uh, 
you know, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, big name coaches, boom, boom, boom. It's going to be really interesting to see. But like I said, that's how I support my justification on I really think uh, we're at the end of an era with Bama. Not saying that they're not going to play for it. Not saying that they might not win a few. But I think that it is now Clemson's time to take over. Um. Anyway, so there's my take. Uh, we're going to be uh, calling... Uh, we're going to have Hayden Fester come on the show for a little bit. Uh, he is also known as one of the Bison Bros. Uh, he uh, He's 18 years old, but he knows his college football. He's a huge uh, college football fan. We're going to have him weigh in on his his uh, what his thoughts are on the matter, and we'll go from there. So stay tuned. Coming up. All right, here we are with uh, – this is Hayden Fessler. This is his first time uh, recording on – a podcast. Uh, he's one of my favorite people, one of my best friends. Uh, he's also family. Uh, he's my little brother. And uh, he wanted to talk today about uh, what we've been talking about uh, the, between uh, as Alabama, you know, is it a fading dynasty? Is Clemson the do- new dynasty? So Hayden, we've just, we've gone through uh, on the show I've talked a little bit about why I think Alabama uh, is kind of wrapping up their dynasty run and why I believe that Clemson is the next uh, dynasty up. Um, so what are your thoughts on that, Hayden? Well, um, my thoughts so far are that like Alabama, they're a good dynasty, and I still think they're going to be around until Nick Saban uh, decides to retire because he's a pretty good coach. I mean, he hasn't had a losing record yet as being an Alabama head coach. And even, I mean, Dabo Sweeney, like Clemson, they've had one losing season with them. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it keeps on going out. But I think Alabama's just going to keep on staying until Nick Saban retires. Okay. Um, see, I was, I, was the, I was actually the opposite uh, of you, and I want to explain to you why, and if the listeners out there that are listening, uh, maybe this is just a little bit of a refresh. Uh, I like what you said, Hayden, saying that, uh, that Saban, obviously, he hasn't had a losing record yet uh, at Alabama. He did have one semi-bad year. It was his first year, so you can't really fault him for that, but... Um, I'm saying that just due to the fact that the SEC, I believe, is starting to kind of switch. Um, I think that the strength of schedule that Alabama will face versus what Clemson will face is like night and day. Uh, like I went through some of the some of the the teams, and really the only team that was remotely even close to Clemson this year was Syracuse. And everyone else, I mean, the people that got to the to the bowl games were like seven and five, six and six, and so that is why I feel that we're in the midst. I think that ten years from now we're going to look back and say, "Oh wow, Clemson, they were the dynasty. Alabama was kind of just there during the college football playoff." But um, I like some of the points that you brought up. Um, do you have any other thoughts on, on the matter? Well, just kind of like what you're saying with like the different conferences. I think what makes uh, Alabama so like remarkable is that they have to play those good teams to be able to get into the playoffs. Okay. And like where Clemson, like they don't really have to. They had no one in their conference this year, and they pulled a fifteen and zero record. Granted, they did 
play really good in the uh, finals against uh, they played. And, I mean, but Alabama still had to work hard their entire season. Okay, so you're saying you're saying that Alabama is they're going to continue to be a dynasty just for the fact that that they're playing harder competition and like you play to the level of their competition more so where Clemson's is going to be kind of skating by and then playing in the national championship. Yeah, that's what I believe. Okay, awesome. Well, that is a that is a good thought. Uh, I, I want to go on record and say Hayden, uh, he's not an Alabama fan actually, so I'm surprised that he. He believes what he was. I was kind of hoping that he would agree with me, but he's actually a Tennessee fan, right, Hayden? Yeah, go Vols. Yeah, go Vols. And, and uh, do you have any other teams that you like? Uh, I got so many. I can't even name them all. Uh, yeah, I know, I know you like Oregon, right? Yeah, I got Oregon, Washington State, just because of uh, Megan Fessler now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Megan Megan did get you the, the Washington State visor. Well, that's cool, buddy. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm going to give a shout out. Uh, all of our listeners, uh, Hayden is a part of what is called Bison Bros. You can follow him on Instagram. Uh, it's a spike ball thing, right, Hayden? Yeah. Okay, and, and you guys are having – you told me you guys are having a – what are you guys doing in a, in a week or whatever it is? Uh, so next Saturday, June 1st, we're having a spike ball tournament at Lloyd Blake Park in West Point, Utah. $10 a team. Uh, registration will start at 8 a.m. in the morning, and then we'll start pool play at 8.30. Uh, cash prize will go to first place and then and second place teams, and then everyone gets uh, Gatorade and at least seven games. Oh, awesome. So you're pretty big into spike ball, right? Yeah, play on the daily basis. Okay, well, so if anyone out there listening, you guys want to play a good spike ball, uh, you can hit up the Bison Bros. They'll be having a tournament. Uh, but thanks for coming on, Hayden. Thanks for your thoughts, and look forward to having you on some more episodes. All right, thank you. Okay. All right, now that is all for Get the Ball Rolling today. Uh, I want to do, like I said, something just a little bit different a little bit more unique as we transition. Um, you know, we're I'm not super into baseball. I like baseball. I have my baseball teams. NBA is kind of wrapping up here. NFL draft just happened. Uh, we really are heading towards the dog days of summer at a light year speed where everything is kind of dies down. I mean, sports lovers know it's, you know, June and July aren't the best months unless you're a baseball fan and you're out at the ballpark now that that is a good time you know spending those those evenings but once when we get through the dog days of summer we know that it is preseason nfl football we have college football starting at the end of august i cannot wait uh there's gonna be a lot more fun a lot more segments like i said a lot more interviews coming up make sure to stay tuned uh I also have created an Instagram page. It's Get the Ball Rolling 19 at Get the Ball Rolling 19. And then on Facebook, just look up Get the Ball Rolling in Pages. Uh, I'm also working on a website, website design, where it's going to be a little bit more interactive. I want to blog. Uh, I want to put down some of my thoughts. Uh, on each uh, individual college football team as we get as we move closer into the summer. 
So all of you listening right now, uh, in, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm always down to listen to comments, uh, stuff like that. Like I said, are we, you know, this is just kind of a big question that I had with the end of the Alabama dynasty. Was it an Alabama dynasty? Are we going to look back and say, wow, that was a Clemson dynasty or is Clemson just the, the blip in the, in the, you know, in the overall scheme of college football, uh, history of college football? But whatever, make sure to stay tuned. We'll be working hard. I'm working hard to get new things on. Thank you guys. Uh, thanks for my listeners and, and everyone out there that's helped me uh, get this, make this uh, this dream possible. Also, make sure to check out my friends, Jeff and Skyler. They have a podcast, Sling in the Pill. Uh, we're also, I'll be also working with them. So until next time, keep the ball rolling.